Game Boys. A revelatory rumination on the democratization of the post-Herculean mythos perpetuated by the film's substantial mix of simultaneous density and celerity. Few films in our lifetime have seared as deep an imprint on our collective societal trauma as when the Eternals fight the gray alien wolf on the beige beach. But the Eternals is is so much more than a refutation of toxic colonialist gaslighting. It's also a luminous concoction of rich characterization, if I may use that word, because these fully rounded creations are not mere characters, but human beings, ranging from people who shoot lasers out of their eyes to people who shoot lasers out of their hands to people who conjure lasers to shoot other lasers, all captured with the most enormous cinematography the MCU has ever constructed. And through all its ravishing artistry, the CGI costumes, the CGI landscapes, the CGI reanimation of Christopher Plummer as a wisecracking Bagooblian or some shit, one message rings true. Reform the police and give them all the funding they need to do it. In the post credit scene, Rocket Raccoon fucks my Uncle Doug. Uh, this is the Game Boys. Uh, well, uh, thank you very much, Movie Mike, for that uh, incredible and important and well-worded review of The the Eternals. I-, I feel like I don't even have to see it now. Yeah, it was pretty comprehensive as far as, you know, how much that movie means to everyone and why. And, 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 and the solutions it provides. Yeah, exactly. The ways that it'll change and improve our world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really did task us with a clear and specific mission. <laughs> um, but if you want to see more of those insightful uh, movie reviews, of course, you can go to letterbox.com slash M Goldenberg to uh, check out Movie Mike and, um, you know, what he's doing on the platform. Cause I think it's important. Yeah, no, Movie Mike's making a big difference to a lot of people, and you could be one of those people if you just go to Letterboxd, look him up. Yeah. You know, movies are movies are basically de- a dead art form. They're like the opera to me, you know? Uh, but it's beautiful to have sort of a, a historian. Yeah. You know, it's weird you say that, because I saw a pretty good video about how the movies were back, but I guess they're dead. So, you know, it's just... <laughs> you're just getting a lot of mixed messages, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I'm I'm all over the place. How are you, Lux? I'm good. Um, happy Veterans Day. Yeah, you're wearing a blanket like you are a veteran waiting to get into the VA. Yeah, well, it, I'm cross-playing and it's cold. You're, you're cross-playing. This is the one time you can steal Valor on Veterans Day. Yeah. It's the one day you can pretend to be a veteran. I'm so mad because everyone else at work took the day totally off because they're allowed to, but no one told, like, I didn't know we were allowed to, so I scheduled, like, every single work thing I have this week for Thursday. And so everyone else is like, oh, I'm at home smoking weed, watching a movie. And I'm just like grinding at work and doing a podcast. And it's 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 like they're they're taunting me. OK, well, thanks for that recap. Um, You didn't see Eternals, did you? I, I didn't. I don't need to now. Yeah, that's true. Although if you can, you could go see it in the 4DX experience, which I finally got to do. Oh, yeah. They're going to knock me around. They knock you around. They spray you with water. They mm-hmm. have a little machine punch you in the back. They got little air holes by your head that make wind blow. They now, shoot. do you get to do you get to feel Kingo's touch, his loving embrace? 
Kinda. They do, uh, they do, you know, you sort of, when he punches something, when he like shoots a laser, it'll jostle you. Okay. Um, they did a couple of really bizarre things. They did some smell stuff, some stuff with smell-o-vision. Oh, okay. what kind of smells are they, are they, are they, they attempting? Did a, they did a beach smell. They Ooh. did, um, some like forest grassy smells. Wow. Um, they also the did whole a movies bit. on a beach. So I guess a lot of water, right? Yeah. They also, yeah. Oh my God. You, I got like legitimately wet. <laughs> <laughs> um it was out of control and then uh like they did a couple of really insane things where there's like parts where there's like stuff falling they shot off confetti cannons and had the projection bounce off the confetti and make like Whoa. a 3d thing that's new yeah no 40x is crazy that's 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 some new shit because like i i went to the last 40x thing i i went to was star wars rogue one and it was the shittiest 40x i've ever experienced it was just like someone punching me in the back like for an hour yeah and so i like i got up and i i sat in a normal seat that sounds were you in the 40x or were you in the d box i <laughs> Uh, I have no idea. Um, that sounds a lot more like my D box experience. Your D box, yeah. Well, I saw a couple movies in the D box. The first time I went to the D box, like movie gulag. It sucked. Put them in the D box. The first time I went to the D box, they didn't tell you that you could adjust the D box intensity, and whoever had <laughs> left it the before me had it at maximum, and I was getting like fucking tossed around, like hitting my head on the seat and having just like an awful time. You complaining and the manager's like, what did you think this was? It's called D-Box. It is a punishment. It's a punishment for idiots. And you qualified, sir. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, 40X, it's pretty cool. The Eternals is a good 40X movie, I think, because like the action scenes were pretty bad, but the character scenes are pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like the character scenes. It was like not flicking me around. I could like focus and enjoy those. And then during the action scenes, I didn't like it was like, oh, I'm on a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that we should definitely if movies are going to start becoming like harder and harder to get people to go to and we need these sort of new spectacles to entice them. Let's go all the way to like theme park theater where like there are actors dressed up as the characters that sometimes jump out of the screen and like walk around. <laughs> Yeah, That'd be cool or like too. jump up from behind your seat and spook you like a yeah. goblin. Exactly. Yeah, Kingo yeah. spooked me. No, oh God, I got so scared by Kingo. Yeah, um, but also turned on. Yeah. Well, who's not? You know. Look, but we, also, but also wanted to defend him from uh, online critics. A lot of confused <laughs> emotions. Yeah. See, people say what you want about Buff Kumail, but like, it's weird. But he like does look good. Well, okay. Let a little little t- behind the scenes peeling back the curtains here. I, you know, I, I, I waited on Kumail recently. Whoa. And, you know, I want to I want to make fun of him for looking like handsome Squidward like he does in those photos. But a he looked good in real life and also was very nice. So unfortunately, I must lay down my arms for yeah. this one. He seems like a very nice this, guy, and he looks good in the movie. He looks good in the movie. Yeah, he's he looks handsome. He wears being buff really well. Like, I think there's sometimes like comedian people or people just in general how like who get buff and then start to look and like carry themselves weird because mm-hmm. they're just not used to being buff. I think a decent example of this is Buff Paul Giamatti mm-hmm. um, in in Spider Man, and I think Kumail Nanjiani does a really good job of just like 
seeming very natural, even though his body is like radically different than it was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And and when Paul Giamatti does it, it's too sexy. And then, then you can't concentrate on the plot. Yeah, that's true. You're um, just like, holy fuck, take it off. Um, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I, th- I think there was like there were certain people who were like coming to like Kumail's defense being like, you can't make fun of him or whatever for like getting all muscly or like looking like handsome Squidward. And to which I would say, relax. It's the internet. This guy won the lottery. He's making, he's a millionaire probably now. He's fine. The movie did fine. Everybody relax. He's probably the guy most people are stoked about from the movie. Oh, really? Like, yeah, he's definitely, I think he's like definitely the guy everyone's like, I loved Eternals and I especially loved Kingo. Exactly. He won. And so I guess my larger point logs is that if you win in this game of industry, then you, you get a little made fun of online and that's okay. Yeah. And that should, that's, that's, it's good to me that that happens. I mean, I like Kumail and Johnny a lot, but I think it's good to make fun of everyone, especially people who are like succeeding in a lot of ways. Exactly. If I all of a sudden got like, like, you know, if I all of a sudden started looking like handsome Squidward, that'd be, um, I hope someone out there one account at least. Yeah. I mean, I make would make fun of me. I make fun of you when you get a YouTube video that cracks like 500 views. Yeah. So, you Why? know, because it's because it's only 500 views. No, because I'll be like a nice job, man. You've done it. And then I'll, I don't know, make fun of you somehow. I'm just saying any, that, any degree of success making- justifies being rude is what I'm saying. Even the smallest um, victories. Even the smallest victories. Well, oh shit, we didn't really introduce ourselves. Well, I think this is a good time to say you're listening to the Game Boys, a podcast about video games, and I'm one of your hosts, and my name is Lux. And I am P. My name is P, and you will believe my truths. Wow, starting off with a big lie of P. And and my 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 accomplice in the lies. And the truths, our producer, Haley. Boop, boop, boop. The Geppetto to our Pinocchios. Yeah, that's much better. Yeah. Um, and this time he wants us to kill. He doesn't want us to be real. Should we just start with that? Because that trailer has been like burned into my mind. I wrote it at the top of the I have a long list of things to talk about because we've we've been off for a couple of days. So, yeah. yeah. And it's the it's the lies of P folks. Now, you might but maybe people are wondering, you know, if you're not really ears to the ground um, looking at what's really important, if you're just freaking playing Madden and buying Call of Duty Vanguard, then you may have no idea what's happening and that's there's a game called lies of p yeah and 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 lux sort of was the one of the two of us to be like we should really make space for this game yeah i mean i definitely it definitely popped me and and got some brain real estate because it's a souls like that i'm interested in because it's a souls like where i think you play as pinocchio as like yes adult mean pinocchio that's 100% what it is. Yeah. But it's it's basically like if you completely copied Bloodborne, like including like the way that some enemies look and attack, but you were a puppet fighting other puppets. And yeah, I think that's um that's what we need right now. Yeah. Yeah, it really it looks like so much it's like it looks like Bloodborne to the extent where there's like shots from the trailer where I just wonder if they like changed the colors, like the color scheme from like brown and red to like silver and black. And like that's it. And honestly, it looks like like a fan mod, like addition. Like they took <laughs> assets or something and like built it. And you know what? We love if you're it. gonna cut co- 
if you're going to copy Bloodborne and turn it into some weird puppet thing, sure. Yeah. Uh, Good idea. The puppet, frankly. Thing, the puppet thing gets weirder um, because one of the puppets was holding a sign that said APAB. All puppets are bastards. I'm trying to decide if it's all puppets are bastards, all people are bastards, or all puppeteers yeah. are bastards. Wow, there's a lot of options. Yeah, and it's I've been kind of shaken by that because I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've been racking my my brain to figure out the, out the puzzle. Yeah, you know it. I mean, I, I think I think for my first thought was. Well, this is where a phrase dies in a in a in a bloodborne <laughs> puppet game. Yeah, it does. It does. Sort of signi- it signifies like a weird thing, wherein people like the phrase has gotten enough cultural cachet that you can do an APAB joke or like an APAB bit, and I think that's good. But like you're saying, once sort of these like countercultural concepts become that mainstream, they kind of lose all their juice. Exactly. Like it's like, and that sort of. That, that that always happens with like big cultural things like Martin Luther King or something like that. Yeah, but it's happening way faster now. Well, that's internet, like, baby. Exactly. Like it's like people like started to like retroactively say like, oh, no, yeah, I always like Martin Luther King, like like decades later or whatever. But now it's like, oh, there's a good thing. Like six months later, you know, it's going to be in, in your video game. It's going to be you know, friggin' everywhere. Yeah. You're going to have to buy a book about it and feel bad. I wonder how, what like the social context of ACAB will be when this game comes out in 2023. Hmm. Like how will that even more watered down? Right. Yeah. Like I'm curious about how that will read. Um, but yeah, the other thing about this game that was interesting to me is that it looks fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and it looks really committed to the bit. Yes. Um, and that's like they have a story to tell about these puppets. Yeah, I'm that's I'm so curious, dude. I'm so curious about like what the situation in the setting is where like fucking uh, Pinocchio has to, like pick up a sword and magic and go kill monsters in the streets. Like, yeah, yeah, like you know you've you've pecued our interests. Yeah, you we've know? been pecued, <laughs> as as the phrase as the word is said. Yep, that's normal. Um, <laughs> But but you know if if you didn't have any other more lies of peas takes we should talk about the other souls type game that we got a big juicy trailer for of course I'm talking of the eldest ring oh boy good trailer if you ask me the best boy of the series looks looks great I'm very very excited you know you're always excited for a new souls game. But this trailer, like, like turned it from 10 to 11. Yeah. Well, the trailer really makes it look like kind of like they're going, they're taking like more from Sekiro than from like Dark Souls 3 in a lot of ways in the sense that like the world feels really big and it feels like you've got a lot of choice in where you're going and what's going on and, and what to do. Um, and, and that like, they're taking a lot of the mechanical stuff, but they're kind of putting into a setting and like a, a perspective that's very distinct from from the other ones. And I think that's, that's very exciting to me because I like the mechanical mm-hmm. stuff and I like the, I like the settings, but I, I think that broadening it out and making it a little bit more accessible and a little bit more fantastical and like the classic sense is, is a cool choice and a cool direction to go. Yeah, totally. And I think like uh, from some of the enemies, like that enemy that has like 10 arms and everything like that one was really cool looking. Yeah. I was like kind of puppety. Um, but uh, you know, like, 
there is some Sekiro things and they're like they're stealth in this game so you can like crouch around and like stealth enemies like in Sekiro there is a parry system and like a stagger system like in Sekiro but it's like it's a lot more forgiving uh than Sekiro which was like demanded precision um so that'll be interesting to see how they kind of balance all that uh but the yeah the, the the biggest thing and I think like the biggest new swing is this open world setting Mm-hmm. It's it's exhilarating. There's it's it's just like the cool thing about the Souls games to me is that you're kind of always in danger of getting killed by something and adding that to open world where like you want to explore and go into new places and like look into the dark cavern and like see what's in the trees when also there's always a risk that what's in the trees will just fucking cut your head off and throw you in the trash. I think creates a really interesting and fun dynamic and way of exploring like. Breath of the Wild is a really great open world game, largely because you feel kind of safe exploring everything. And like, that's fun. There's an appeal to that. But I think making it feel scary and dangerous to explore everything and still making you want to explore everything is a really cool approach to game design, a really cool approach to storytelling stuff. Yeah. And and I think there was like a few open world moments that were like kind of new for like a Dark Souls game that kind of like super excited me. One was like you're on your horse and you ride by that like caravan that's just going down the road and it's like a big fucking caravan these like two giants are like on the front of it like carrying it and it's like that you could just skip it you could just run right past it and it's just it's kind of like just existing on its own in the world um in a way that you could really only see in like more small minute details in the tighter corners of like the previous souls games so that stuff was super cool yeah it was that's a really good point it's like a lot of the fun stuff in the Souls games, like you'd see the remains of like really cool world building stuff. But then in Elden Ring, it feels like you're actually seeing the thing as it's happening. And that's like a very cool new new yeah. sense. And, and, an exciting it, and it's like, thing. oh, there might be a patrol in Bloodborne, but they're only going to walk like half a block and then stop and then turn back around. Like it's very tightly confined in terms of like. Uh, characters yeah. moving around the spaces uh and then there was another cool moment where like they were riding through an area and then just a fucking big ass dragon just dropped in and started following the character around and kind that of chasing after it cool. um and it's like we've seen that in other games but we really haven't seen it in a dark souls game and it, and, it, and it looked really really cool and it kind of was like oh just like the fact of that happening is going to totally encourage you to explore like every nook and cranny because that could like happen at any time. That kind of stuff is really exciting. And like the additionally, that is like we've seen in other games like Skyrim in particular, but Skyrim has this problem that I've talked about before where the NPCs like keep coming up to talk to you even at inopportune times. And a lot. So a lot of times the dragon attacks get like undercut by like bad NPC stuff or like weird mechanical things. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like the soul like like Elden Ring is going to avoid that and it's actually going to feel like scary and all-consuming when a dragon lands instead of like a dragon lands and then a girl comes up and is like where's my dog yeah yeah totally and also scary in the sense of like the ai as we know in souls games is way smarter and like way more deadly and lethal uh than your typical open world game and that's gonna like really make those areas more meaningful i mean it's like when you play sekiro that weird swamp where you fight the headless ape, you're going to remember that swamp forever. Yeah. It kind uh, of um, and, reminds me of like Morrowind in particular, like some of the older Elder Scrolls games, where there wasn't the like scaled leveling stuff and there wasn't like targeted, like, like quest tracking. So like, you'd have to like go into some woods and maybe they're the right woods and maybe they're the woods where you're like way under leveled. 
But like, mm-hmm. there's definitely some like good stuff in there. So like, if you can get through the weird woods where you're way under leveled, like you'll get a cool gem or and like that kind of sense of like exploring under threat or exploring as a risk, um, really juices up those kind of games to me and like makes open world work a lot better than it would otherwise. And speaking of exploring, uh, I'm really excited that they've brought a little of the verticality from Sekiro over to this game. Yeah, the you can jump cool. in this game. You're get, like just jumping in this game and be able to jump up stuff means that there's going to be so many little secrets, like platforming secrets with jumping. That's going to be really exciting. And then the fact that I don't know if you saw this clip online, but when you're on your horse, your horse can also do a double jump in the air. Yeah, I saw. Uh, it, it like their dragon is like breathing fire and it like does a jump and then a double jump over the flames and i was like wow okay cool yeah, OP like, horse, we, we haven't, but that's good we haven't been able to do this before like this will be really interesting and finally something um, new a double jumping horse true novelty <laughs> um yeah uh so i i guess for me like my my big takeaway from this game is that the open world is going to be the most interesting part everything else is operating on the same cylinders as before which is really good um but like when people complain all the time about oh everything's an open world game now it's like that's not necessarily bad we're not necessarily tired of the open world genre we're tired of Far Cry. We're tired yeah. of Ubisoft. Like, like that doesn't mean that there can't be an interesting Halo Infinite open world or a Dark Souls open world game. It's like, let's see interesting people exist in that space. The problem is, is everyone equates open world with the sh- fucking Far Cry and, and Assassin's Creed and, and the stuff that's been doing it very poorly. Um, so listen, baby, I'm, I'm all I'm open world. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm really I'm really fucking hype about it. Yeah. Uh, where, where should we we should transition next into. Yeah. Let's do one or two more topics else. before the break. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about a little anime series called Attack on Titan and its immediate relevance in American politics. Um, yeah. Um, I think our representative Paul Gosar invented a new genre of animation that I've been referring to as clanime. <laughs> um, Is that where you white supremacists do anime? <laughs> yep. And, and when you say our our rep, we both voted for him and campaigned we for both him. Illegally voted, we both illegally voted for him. We crossed state lines and used fake identification to vote for Paul Gosar. We used the presidential, the fake presidential method. However, that went down. Um, however, they, however, they fucking rigged it for yeah. Biden in eight states <laughs> all at once. That's how they did it yeah. this time. Uh, Paul Gozar, if you if you all missed it, um, Representative Paul Gozar did a clan in May where he took scenes and clips from my favorite anime show attack on titan and photoshopped his face onto characters and also photoshopped his enemies onto titans which he then killed in the video people like aoc and other people um and lux what was your immediate reaction um big lol big big like this is insane yeah so insane that it's like yeah it's bad, I guess, but it's also so funny that it almost like it's weird. It almost like defangs it a little bit because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's fucked up. The, the fucked up part of it is that like it's talking to a base that like wants to like have that be real. 
That's like the fucked uh-huh. up spooky part of it. But the thing itself, absurd. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, what's so different from this and like Kathy Griffin cutting off Trump's head or something like that? Like literally nothing. Yeah. Um, except that the big difference contextually is that like people who like Kathy Griffin aren't going to interpret that as a call to cut off Donald Trump's head. But people who like mm-hmm. Paul Gozar are going to take that as a call to stab AOC with a sword. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think I guess that's just a levels of degree then, right? How many people we truly believe are gonna kill AOC? Yeah. Um I mean and, and I think it's I think it's about thirty five million. Yeah. <laughs> that's about right. Good thing she's got all those cool tunnels under <laughs> the Livingston building. That's that's why she she was training training in Among Us to be sus. Yeah, she knows how to use the vents. She uses she uses the vents. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It, it this one was weird because it was so bizarre that it was like hard to get mad or upset about. Um, and I don't know if that's the wrong reaction, but that's just that was my immediate one. Right. I mean, like I said, the thing itself is very funny. Um, it's like not particularly well done either. Like it kind of looks shitty and bad, which like really elevates right. the comedy, which is great. The like, and so it's not, I have a hard time being mad at the video. It's just the same amount of being mad at sort of the psycho right wing establishment as I always am. Like it doesn't, that doesn't like move the, move the, like, uh, like doesn't like get on my radar in a meaningful way. It doesn't like move the, move the meter for me. It, it's, it's a lateral move. It's not a heighten. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, felt like just like a slow news week for me, though. I guess the thing that I found most offensive was um, that he used attack on Titan imagery. Yeah, I mean, that's Uh, that's your favorite anime. That's uh, that's my backyard. Yeah, really came into your house and kind of stole your coffee table with that one. It does also go to show that if a show is cool as shit, people don't have to absorb any of the actual messaging or like intent of the show. They can just be like swords go blame or whatever, which to be fair, that's part of the fun of shows. Right. Totally. Almost. I would argue probably the the part people value the most. Yeah. No, I mean, like part of the fun of the show is that like you don't have to read it as like a deep text. Like You can just read it however you want. But. Mm at the same time uh there is stuff in it and it is sometimes really funny when someone's like i missed the point and i love it <laughs> and and let's be real honestly i do do we really believe gozar actually watches this show or this was just one of his interns because like the tweet goes like yo my team is sick with it or something yeah, like that the tweet, was like the original tweet <laughs> yeah it's very like how are you doing fellow kids i've watched an anime i i too yeah. enjoy animation <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really good uh, it's like it's yo, a nightmare world thing uh, but it's very funny <laughs> paul gozar is just like uh, and to all my and to all you you dub fake losers subs only you <laughs> know what i'm saying yeah man aoc be... aoc watches full metal acclimist with dub yeah she won't even watch brotherhood <laughs> fake fan <laughs> aoc is a fake fan aoc likes boruto aoc's <laughs> never seen naruto <laughs> oh Speaking of Naruto, that can segue into some of my news. Which is? Naruto's coming to Fortnite, baby. How do we feel about That's, that? Is that your news? It was on my list of things I wanted to talk about. Have you have you seen all of Naruto? I've seen everything up to Shippuden. I've seen all of Shippuden as well. 
it's my news story. I'm kidding. <laughs> but how do you feel about it? So, I, so we talked about this Sorry, before. I just, like, I just loved it. Loved it. Loved to gatekeep a show that's nine thousand episodes yeah, long. No, I know your big thing is making sure that everyone knows you're the number one fan of of anything at all times. Um, uh, yeah, we, well, I mean, it seems like I was like, like, has this not already happened? Naruto hasn't already been in Fortnite. I was surprised. Yeah, me, me too. For, for that exact reason, it's also calcified one of my big Fortnite theories, which is just like you know fucking Fortnite's like found this way to exist as a thing that can incorporate anything. Like they can do a bunch of like, they can do star Wars. They can do MLK. They can do Naruto. Like, Oh, and they can, and they do it well. Yeah. They, yeah, they can do it extremely well. And everyone's proud of them every time. Um, but it's becoming this weird thing where like cultural thresholds, like Fortnite's becoming a cultural threshold. Like if a thing gets into Fortnite, like that's how you know it's real. Uh, that, that, well, that's how you know it's. Um, well, I mean, I feel like by the time it's reached Fortnite level, yeah, it's been so it's been mass consumer for a long time, right? Yeah, totally. But that's like that just means that it's like really like in the zeitgeist, a thing that like people will give a shit about and react to. Yeah, kind of. But I I, I would argue that like. I mean, Star Wars w- was like kind of old zeitgeist and so is Naruto in a way like it, it, I don't know. It seems like a lot of stuff has been like older content like Naruto was a big anime a long time ago. And now the only thing people talk about is like how Naruto is so good and Boruto is so bad. Like, I don't know. It, it seems like Naruto is like old now. It's old, but people fucking love it, man. People are crazy. Oh, for no, Naruto. It's hu- it, yeah, yeah. It, it's still huge. But uh, yeah. So what are you going to you gonna just play as Naruto? Sure. I'll do it. Yeah. Maybe I'll jump in and play as Naruto. If I can play Sasuke, my God. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be sick. I would love to play. I that. would like to play as the horny perv teacher. That'd be pretty good. Being able to do duos. Jiraiya. Being able to do duos as Naruto and Sasuke would be pretty fucking fun. If you can do sexy jutsu, that's uh, to me, that's like a make or break. Did you do an, a good Naruto DLC or right. not? If, you, if there's no jutsus in Fortnite, I'm out. There's um, I I like to like uh tell people who are big Naruto fans that like Naruto saves a day at the end of the show by doing sexy jutsu and they get really mad because they're like, that's not what happened. I'm like, no, that's where it ends. And they get really pissed. <laughs> they get very, they're like, mm, Griffin fool they're me like, once. Gu- they're like guns rights activists. They have like no self-awareness. They're like, that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I go up to the, I go to the NRA meetings and I say, Naruto used the sexy jutsu and they get so angry. They're so pissed there. They, yeah. they hate they hate that. If you want to piss them off, don't do any of that Antifa stuff. Just misquote anime. <laughs> yeah. Let them know that Yusuke Yurameshi ends up moving to New York. Tell them that Naruto's famous catchphrase is, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's me um, there. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm over there. <laughs> Naruto, the uh, genius of tactics. Should we take a commercial break really quick? Yeah, let's take a commercial break. Hey, we're we'll be over there after this. Believe it. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. I hope you enjoyed our commercial. And now we're over here. <laughs> yeah, we're over. Hey, believe this. Anyways, uh, Lux, I I'm in a position. I'm gonna. I, I feel like I'm being extorted by the mob. Okay. okay. Um, sure. <laughs> they're, I'm sure. They, I'm getting pinched 
Okay. I'm getting squeezed by the man. Of course, I'm talking Lux about Call of Duty Vanguard and their insistence that I buy this fake game. So tell me, I've well chronicled. I don't care about Call of Duty usually. I only care mm-hmm. about Call of Duty insofar as you tell me things about Call of Duty and it's interesting. So yes. tell me. What the fuck is a Vanguard? Call of Duty Vanguard is the new yearly installment of Call of Duty. But like, what is it? It's a game. It's a video game. It's about World War Two. <laughs> but so it's what, what makes it a fake game? then? Because it's like the campaign is like three and a half hours. Like they barely made one. And then the multiplayer could literally just be maps from the previous game. Literally, the game only exists to have crossover potential with Warzone because if you like Warzone then all of the new guns and guns that are like in the top tier meta well some of those are going to be from Vanguard and the only way you can use them is if you own Vanguard uh oh they're making fucking Warzone pay to win baby not pay to win. Well, I guess in a way, yeah, that is pay to win, I guess. Yeah. I mean, because you won't be able to use all the guns. Yeah, you want to have access um, to the best guns. Really, if you really like, so for someone like me who will never play Vanguard, they're like trying to get me and trick me into paying $60 to have the guns. But here's where it gets even more evil. They're like, oh, maybe that doesn't get you. Maybe, maybe you're not twisted enough to think maybe you can just use the old guns. Maybe you can just get by. Here's where it gets evil. If you own Call of Duty Vanguard, you get to play the new Warzone map a day early. Ooh, and that's going to be big time. Big time advantage, right? Especially early on. Like if you have a whole day to learn those maps, you're gonna be cranking out V's. V's are dubs. I didn't even think about that angle of it, Lux. That's an incredibly important other point. I was just thinking on the level of there's no way that I can sit around for 24 hours knowing the new map exists and not throw my computer out the window. Like I I need it with every every molecule of my body and and i they know and, and it's even more fucked up it's not even like the three days they know they only have to make it 24 hours that's how fucking evil they are and yes i will pay 60 dollars simply to pay play 24 hours early yeah you will because you're a little freak i'm pissed they fucking got got you nailed dude i just have never been i've never felt more like seen and strategized against yeah that's tough it's tough it must be tough to be so owned it it's tough to be like my enemy knows me better than my own family (laughs) is that your takeaway here Yes, they know me so deeply. They 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 know how my brain chemistry what what fires off the capsules. <laughs> yeah, they, the, what triggers all the capsules that live in your brain? <laughs> yeah, the different ones. Yeah, the gaming capsule and the uh, the emotion capsule. Yeah, they got the, you nailed, the, dude. They got me fucking nailed. So I haven't done it yet, but at some point I will be buying Call of Duty Vanguard and installing it, and then. 
leveling up the guns. And that's my story there. Um, that, is pretty fucked that, up. Really, that is really an insidious way to create pay to win, like incentivizing game it's, dynamics. They're like, they're like, we don't even have to make a game anymore. Like, yeah. we, we don't we don't have to do that anymore. They they figured out the Madden trick. Yeah. Like they're and the NBA 2K trick. Fucking, we literally could just copy paste. I wish Madden would take a page out of their own book and make less of a new game every year. Because every year they had two or three features and there's like a 50-50 chance they're just gonna eat shit. And when they wow. eat shit, they'll ruin the game. Lux is clamoring for less features. Yeah, because sometimes, like, there was that one year where they were like, we've added the feature where you have to make the quarterback look at the guy he's going to throw to. And it was like, that's now it sucks. Now it's, like, impossible to play a quarterback. Because I, I don't have time mm-hmm. to, like, flick the right thumbstick to look at the guy and then hit the timing on the button right. Like, that makes it so much harder. It makes the game so difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. that that bad to me. Right, yeah. I guess, the, the, it's weird. That, that It's like... It's like them making Overwatch each year, but slightly changing it and being like, no, it's it's good. Just add content. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, no, actually, these changes suck. Right. I, I can see that. I could see that happening for sure. Um, so interesting. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Um, but, you know, I think the thing that frustrates me most about the sports games is I can never use my old guns from the previous game. That's all true. Of a sudden I, all of a sudden, the new game, I have no guns again. And then I have to figure out a way to get all the guns. Yeah, that that so is tough. Shoot the ball. Um, so uh, let's talk about something that, that 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 sort of been both on our radars after I sent it to you. And that's, of course, Mr. Beast. The Mr. Beast himself. Um, Mr. Beast is a YouTuber. Isn't that right, Lux? That's true. He's kind of a enterprising fellow. He does big things. And he's decided to recreate the Squid Game. Yeah. It might, it's... What are we doing here? <laughs> We're creating content, Lux. Yeah, I guess so. My The thing... The... <laughs> The number of people trying to cash in on Squid Game in ways that are super weird is like a really strange phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Cuz there's also like Crab Game, that indie, yeah. that indie that came out that is supposed to be very Crab, fun. Crab Game's hot right now. Um people seem to love that and that's like sort of an indie. We should play that for the the show. We could try it. Um there's like it's like a yeah, it's like an indie like online Squid Game thing. Um, which which kind of makes sense. Could be kind of fun. It's just like very weird how quickly people hopped on it and like made it happen. Mm-hmm. And now Mr. Right. Beast is just trying to reproduce Squid Game, but without the stakes. I assume unless he's finna kill three hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be the yeah like the ultimate YouTube like sort of culmination. And once you get that big, you're like you got to get out some way. Yeah. Why, why not? Why not like kill like 30 people and then like just live on an island somewhere? Right. Because once you're that big, it's like you're either going to like get canceled or just sort of like fade into just doing some like boring, repetitive thing. And if you mm-hmm. want to get out before that happens, kill 300 people in a fake squid game. Yeah. So, th- so th- you know, he's been sharing these shots online of them building these massive, massive, like Hollywood movie level sets. Yeah. They're fucking impressive. The show. They are really big. It really just goes to show you how much capital like a, a big YouTuber like this has. And that they are like in, in sort of an insane, like new, like never before, like never before seen way, like has like one person, Persona really been able to basically like 
make personal stupid financial decisions like this well you i assume like got like outside scale. investors on it well yeah there's some outside investment for sure yeah there is but it, it's still just the, the scale of it is sort of from someone who isn't technically like the head of a production company or a hollywood star but is just purely a creature of the internet right he's like never made anything like, like, like a production of like this level you know it's like because you know philip defranco is huge but what is that guy he's sitting in his living room oh, he's got a nicer camera now after fucking 25 years you know it's like it's the the breadth and scope of what YouTubers do is still pretty small, aside from a few individuals like the Paul brothers, especially on like a production scale. Even the Paul brothers aren't doing yeah. anything where they're like building sets, miking buildings, like exactly. rigging safety shit, etc. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty shocking. But to to that end, there is a reason why. And most people online have been showing that. They're spending way more money trying to recreate the Squid Game set than the actual Squid Game set even did <laughs> um, because uh, they are physically recreating all the locations without realizing that in Hollywood now, a large portion of the scenery is CGI. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're like not realizing and that they're like, oh, we have to actually shoot this live. So we actually have to really build all these sets, well, which is way more expensive than what even the actual TV show did. Well, and that the sets on the TV show are sets that are built to be shot, not actually built to be like used for games. Right. Um, totally. And so the structural like the structural requirements of like having That's big stairs point. that people have to like run up and down is very different than having big stairs that people just have to like move slowly on while a camera points at like yeah and and, and like you can't actually have them die this time right like yeah <laughs> if, if they fuck up the construction someone falls in a hole and breaks their head in half like that the whole shit is fucked yeah and it's like wow all of this planning all of this energy all of this um this money and like and work and large amount of people to basically do something really shitty and kind of, I mean, I don't know. It's like, yeah, dude, you're just copying the TV show. It's and like, like I'm LARPing. super confident someone is going to like either get really hurt or die doing this because like, yeah, that's like a good point there's too. a really like, there's a pretty substantial history of sort of people in this space who don't know anything about actual production being like, I'll do a production and then like something goes horribly wrong, like Firefest obviously is like a, a top tier example. But like this happens mm. fairly regularly that people try and do these like large scale productions without actually I mean, having. Uh, there's a little thing called the Rust set, which uh, people are constantly talking about right yeah, now. That's a little bit different, yeah. but also someone got shot. So it's fair. Well, no, I'm saying like it's like about safety on yeah. sets. And then it's like in this we're having conversations about how, you know, we are trying to do unions for like help, you know, strengthen the unions uh, for Hollywood productions productions the rust set happened meanwhile the youtubers like i'm gonna do squid game for real and it's like okay all right well i mean it's gonna work in terms of everyone's gonna watch it but yes i do have a dark inkling like you do lux that something might go terribly terribly wrong yeah i just think it's like there's such a good chance that they'll be like doing the like glass walking thing and like one of the like cables will snap and like 12 people will die Oh, God, I really hope they don't do any like ones with real heights because I just don't think they can do that. There'll just be too many accidents. Yeah, but like if they're putting this much money into it, like, you don't you think they're going to try and do like elevated tug of war? Like they're not going to. I mean, if they do that, then ever everyone has to be like tied to like an individual like 
harness so that if they do fall they don't actually die of course they have to be but like do you think that's what beast like (laughs) mr beast is thinking about there's just too many there's just no way there's just i i mean listen i'm ready i'm ready to be surprised i have the capacity to be surprised yeah i mean look i'm not hoping anyone dies i always would prefer to live in a world where someone doesn't just die sounds like you're like Sounds like you're you're tuning in for a very specific sadistic reason. Yeah, me, the guy who think, yeah, I my whole thing is I love to watch humans die. Um mm-hmm. so I'm very excited for this because I think it'll kill several people. I'm a real Malthusian about it. Um yeah. But yeah, it's fucking weird, man. It's fucking weird. And like you said, the weirdest thing about it is that like, I mean, there's not the weirdest thing. That's crazy to say about a situation so weird. One of the weirder things about it is just that like, this isn't a new thing. It's like an interesting thing. It's like a creative innovation or like pursuit. It's just redoing a TV show we all watched. Right. Like, that sucks. (laughs) Right. That that, that was ultimately my, my thing about it was just like all of this going into something that's like not interesting or I mean it's interesting in like a uh, a bleak way <laughs> in like a morbid way yeah, it's interesting as know. a cultural object it's not interesting as like a thing yeah it's like oh wow what if that was actually art anyways um, you know just like the movies art is dead folks and so is the steam deck I am tight bro I'm tight that's bad. Is that a DC slang for a yeah for or the East Coast generally? Off. But yeah, I'm tight about. I'm mad, man. Um, mm-hmm. because we talked. I think you and I talked about this. That like the Steam Deck, I think, is stupid for ninety percent of PC gamers. I don't think it makes sense because like yeah, because like one Total War game just maxes out the Steam Deck instantly, unless you uh-huh. like pay for you know, like pay three hundred extra dollars to like get it. At that point, you're paying like eight hundred bucks. Like, why not just build a PC? Um, but because all I play are like low res pixel art indie games and like roguelikes and like tactics games, it's perfect. Like I could fit like 30 games of the, of the sort of size and style of game that I play on the Steam Deck without any modification. Dude, like, if I could play Final Fantasy 14 on that thing, I'd freak out. Yeah. Like, really, that's the thing is I'll be able to play like all the Final Fantasy pixel remasters. I will play Dark Deity. I'll be able to play Jagged Alliance. We'll be able to play Monster Train, Slay the Spire. Like, those are all things that are well within its range that aren't going to take up a ton of space on this like, tiny little hard drive. So for me, yeah. the Steam Deck was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, I can finally play all the PC games that I want to play but cannot because of my setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be awesome. And now and then I looked into buying one and it was like supply chain stuff. It's not going to get to me for six months like to like summer 2022 and now it's that's getting pushed back because the pushback because for even the people who are most for the front of the line won't be able to get it until early 2022 at the earliest because they've yeah. delayed it for like another three four months yes it seems like something that's going to be even just only lightly available in the winter of 2022 so seems like a really cool device and a cool idea but it just doesn't seem like i, I honestly I, i'm getting nervous that like at least the first half, if not the majority of this decade, is going to be marked with limited supplies of consumer technological stuff that's like really high tier, really premium. I mean, it's just the backups people are saying are going to last for years. Um, and it's like I hear people trying to get PS5s right now and how hard it is. And it's like, wow, I just nothing seems like it's letting up. Yeah, I mean. It's still Forrest, our our PS5 acquisition wizard, um, was telling me that 
he was able to, with his systems, log into a queue for buying a PS5 at Walmart eight seconds after it went live, and he wasn't able to get one. Right. Like, that's still the situation. Um, yeah. And that's fucking it's psycho. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird time. So, you know, I would love to have a Steam Deck, but it looks like the Steam Deck is something that will be, like, way in the future, yeah. like, for me. Which, for me, um, financially, maybe not the worst possible outcome, but also fun-wise very bad yeah you know i'm just right now i feel like the amount of things that i have to and get to do in my current obsession final fantasy 14 i just like i have no rush to do anything else yeah. I'm like other games will come there'll be the filler space and then i'll go back and play more of this game i, I am just in love with this game i've been messaging you about this game oh, Lux. Yeah. i i'm all the way to the most recent expansion Shadowbringers, where they've sort of zoomed out on the narrative and, and recontextualize what even is going on and what you're fighting for and maybe and maybe like giving you some hard things to think about it's definitely my favorite jrpg of all time uh, i'm just loving it uh and yeah it's, it's one of those things where you just you think the game is as good as it can be and then it gets like twice as good again. Yeah. It's just, I've, I've never experienced anything like this. Usually they fumble the bag at some point and then you start to be like, Oh man, well two was really the best one or whatever. But I just, they, this is like a team and a creator that knows what they're doing and keeps on raising the stakes and leveling it up. And I'm just like, I'm just blown away by it. Yeah. I mean, everything I see, whether it's, talking to you about it or reading articles or watching videos or watching forest play while we're killing time before our stream or whatever is always insanely impressive. Um, and it's really exciting. It's like, it's cool to see a, an MMO that really isn't just sort of trying to Skinner box gameplay loop people into like an addiction to it, but is trying to elevate, itself at every turn so the reason you come back to it isn't oh i got to get my fix it's like oh i want to see what they're doing what's going to happen next what have they changed what have they expanded 100 percent. the reward is the story and the reward is also all the cool things that you can do to give your character visually and stuff but, yeah and you probably yeah, like a cool like, hat yeah the reward is like the community feeling in the cities the cool clothes you wear the weird the weird like role play stuff you could do and then just yeah, the dungeons and, and the fucking story. Yeah, get, those are the rewards. Some of not, my friends, not, not like, oh, I have to wait a week and do these things I don't really like doing so that I can raise a bar so they can finally buy something. No, yeah. it's 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 completely different. Some of me and Forrest friends, I think maybe even including Forrest, uh, did some experimenting with like the weird RP like sex clubs in Final Fantasy 14. Like they went to them to Hell see what yeah. they were all about and like what the deal is. Uh, we should maybe see if they want to come on and talk about that because I am very curious about like that side of things like the RP elements of Final Fantasy 14 because it's like obviously like you and like Damon and Forrest all play it in a very like like you're playing a video game kind of way which is like cool and good nothing wrong with that but like there I'm very curious with the people who play it on a more RP level um and sort of more live in the character and like that kind of yeah. shit is very it's very interesting to me yeah and there's also a big community around player housing uh yeah. because there's actually finite amount of houses in the game uh, and so you have to like wait for one to go up to for sale and then it's like a real physical location. Uh, and then you can like share it with other people and like add furniture and like hang out in there and create a space. And so there's like a whole other community to that stuff too. People selling houses, real estate people, like it, 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 it can get really interesting and dense if you want it to. 
but it also can be a, a thing that's just rewarding you know, yeah. if you just want to do the story and, and do the dungeon, yeah, housing crisis thing is like really fascinating. And I've read a lot about that. That's like a really interesting twist. Yeah, and they're trying to make it better. They're trying to fix it. Right. Because um, that's me, the thing with this game is like they're always trying to fix the problems. But this is like a really interesting mm. sort of built baked in one. Um, speaking of games we've been playing, I've been playing a cool, fun game called Tales of Iron, hmm. um, where you play as a little rat who's the prince <laughs> of the kingdom. Uh, and the, the game starts with you like going to the tournament to like become the heir to the throne by beating your older brother in a duel. Um, but as soon as you win, frogs come out back and slaughter everyone. <laughs> um, and it's Damn. like pretty brutal. The ancient enemy. It's like pretty. It's like actually like pretty like it's not like goofy stars come out of them. It's like blood and like dead ass like mice are like sprawled out over the ground like bones sticking out. Like it's hardcore. Jesus. And then like you play as this rat going on this big adventure to like rebuild the kingdom and like get revenge and stuff. Um, is it, are you playing on PS five? Yeah. Nice. Um, and it's kind of like in that like 2d souls like genre, which I'm not always a huge fan of because I don't really understand how dodge rolls kind of work in 2d, but people really want to make it happen. Um, yeah. This one's very fun to me. It's like it's not quite as hard as some of the other ones that I played, which is nice because I, I find that genre to be like overly difficult. And then uh, like just the aesthetic and the style and like the story. And obviously, like I'm a big fan of the juxtaposition of like tiny animals with swords. It's always been like a thing that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like really it's really fun, man. I think it'd be a fun break. It's like a pretty it was on sale recently. I don't know if it still is. Yeah. How much was it? It was like I think it was like 15 or 20. But it was on sale. Maybe like 25 at regular. How long is the game? You think like eight hours, 10 hours? Probably eight or 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it looks interesting. Looks it could be a good fun little break between things. Um, how do you hear about all these games, man? I feel like every week you're like, yeah, today I'm playing Tales of Iron. Next week I'm playing like uh, Age of Vesperia. <laughs> I just feel like I'm like, where are you? Are you reading a different website than me? I mean, What's I going am. on? Like, I read a lot of the the websites I follow are all kind of like indie game, like pixel art stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's more my zone. Like, I, I follow like tactics. Like, I read about tactics games and like weird new RPGs and shit. I don't, I don't always follow as much of the AAA stuff all the time, just because like I hear about that from you and like the Tomb Room guys. Anyway, so it's like I, you know, yeah, need to seek that out. But also because like. That's the shit that I like is like weird new video games, like weird, strange indies. And so it's like I don't, you know, I'm just like my math is always like I very rarely would rather pay 60 bucks for like a new AAA title than buy three twenty dollar weird indies or something or like three twenty dollar old JRPGs. The websites that I use to research for the show, here's what I do. I log into YouTube, I find the most recent Blizzard video, and I downvote it. And then I find the most recent Final Fantasy video, and I upvote it. And that's my research for the week. That's it. Well, that that's all I do is strong. Re- that's strong research. I'll be honest. I mean, it's important. It's important to get those sort of get those uh, make your voice heard, you know, as a consumer. Mm-hmm. I did want to say one last thing as we as we round up the episode that um, they did delay the recent expansion for Final Fantasy Endwalker and the creator Yoshi P did come out and say sorry to everyone who was expected to come out they delayed it for only two weeks but the way that he came out 
was like so apologetic. He literally cried on camera, like how sorry he was. And it was like, holy shit. Like this is a man that cares to like an insane degree about his game. And it made me think a lot about like blizzard apologies and how sort of combative they've been. Right. Uh, it is total different, just night and day. Well, it's this thing where like, the vibe of the Final Fantasy fourteen people is very like, wow, I can't believe we've made this piece of art that's touched all these people in this way. I'm so like proud of it and so happy about this community and so happy about this thing that mm-hmm. we've made and like so excited so many people love our work so much and we've tried so hard. And the Blizzard thing is just like, ah, more slop for the piggies. Like, and right. they should be grateful for all the dirty slop we give to the little piggies. And it's like the pigs are noisy today. Yeah, it's, and it's, yeah. it's a really different dynamic. And it's really it, it goes to show that like. <laughs> That, like, obviously there are people who play video games in, like, the pig sloppy Skinner box way. Like, those people obviously exist. There's a bunch of them. But, like, it goes to show that there is real value in sort of treating it like you're making, like, a real piece of art or a real piece of work. And that you're talking to and giving it to real people who are interacting with it and treating it like like you're proud of the work that you've done. That everyone involved is, like, really done shit and care. Like, it's not just churning out content. It's, like, making real work. Right. Yeah, totally. Uh, There's a lot of love there. And, you know, that has translated to one of the best games I've ever played. Um, Very, very happy. I mean, I'm in a sweet spot. I'm I'm floating on air um, and I'm feeling good. Lux, you got anything else? Um, There I had a thought in my head, but it's gone like the wind in the willows. (laughs) That's my favorite book. Um, Yeah, I love when Mr. Frog and, and Toad go drive a car. Is that a real book? The wind, the wind and the willows. Yeah, it's like a famous novel. Oh, it's the yeah. I I remember right now. And that's is that Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? I think it's based on yeah. But it's based on it. His dark turn. Yeah, yeah. When he gets too drunk and crashes the car, has to go to hell. I think every children's ride should send you to hell. I think. All right, guys, we're we're sending you to hell now. (laughs) All right. Um, quick run through of Los Plugs, really quick. Um, because surely you want to know more about where you can find us, especially Haley, who is the real hero of the show, who you can find on YouTube and Instagram at eat every sound. You can find Griffin on Twitter and TikTok at Griffin P Davis. Go check that out. Cause he has some cool new videos. You can also find Griffin streaming on twitch.tv slash tomb room. And sometimes I'm there, although not as often recently, but we should figure out some scheduling so I can come on. So I can hang out. Mm-hmm. Cause I've done that in a while. And you can find me on Twitter at tailboy. That is T A I L underscore B O I. And you can find me streaming with our friend Forrest Walker on twitch.tv slash pixel goblins at 830 every Thursday night that's central time. And if this comes out in time tomorrow, you will also be able to see us stream for 12 consecutive hours with the release of Shin Megami Tensei 5. We're going noon to midnight central time nonstop We're getting through the intro of the game. We've for got 12 hours. We've got guests lined up. Unfortunately, we couldn't figure out how to make discord work. So I can't, I need to see if we can do that because you're. What, because you're streaming on, like, a Microsoft Surface or whatever and, well, the fuck? because the fucking audio, like, audio ins and outs and doing live guests and Discord guests at the same time, audio ins is weird. Um, Like, if you were on Discord and we had live guests there and you were talking, then they wouldn't be able to hear you without headphones. And then if they were on headphones, then... Look, we have... We have... We're rich now, Lux. We have advertising money. Why don't you just buy a house and make a room, the PC room? Get a PC. 
Yeah, you're right. I should probably use all of our PC. all the money we're getting off this anchor deal to cop an entire ass crib and make a PC room. But if you hear about this in time, we're going to do 12 hours. A lot of everyone's favorite guests, including the hit guest Allie and Madeline, Kyle's back, a bunch of other people that people have seemed to enjoy are going to be there. Um, and I will be reading some erotica that I wrote because Rowdy gave me $100 to do it. Um, oh, OK. Um, so that's a fun thing. Um and so, yeah, check that All out right. if you guys can. It, the plugs are falling apart. Well, since I was, well, I was about to wrap it up, check it out if you guys can. Otherwise, I'll see you guys soon. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>